Sponsored by Rabbi Shlemi and Mirla Greenwald. This is a sicha from Lakota Sichas, Chedek Yud Gimel, Parshas Bolok, Sicha Aleph. And the topic of the sicha is that in this week's parsha, we learn the posuk of Matevu Elecha Yaakov, Mishkinisecha Yisrael, and the teachings of Rashi on it. And there are four parts in the sicha. The rebel, number one, ask nine questions on Rashi. Number two, present the key to answering the questions. Number three, answer the questions. And number four, present the Hira from this Rashi. On the Pasuk in our Parsha of Matevu Elecha Yaakov, Mishkin Yisrael, where you can see over here the Pasukim on the side where it appears within the storyline, this is the third time that Bilam came to curse the Yidden and ended up giving them a bracha. So on this Pasuk, Rashi explains what's Matevu Elecha, what was good about the Oyalim of the Yidden. So Rashi explains, it's al It's on this that he saw that the openings of their tents weren't directly across from one another so that people couldn't look in from one tent into the other. Mishkanei Secha, what is Mishkanei Secha? So Rashi explains, Chaniei Secha, it's your encampments. Kitargumai, like the Targum of Unklus says, then Rashi continues and presents a different explanation. Davar Acher, another explanation. Matevu Eilecha. Matevu Eil Shulay Ubeiselamim. How good are the oil of Shulay and the Beis Amikdash? Be Yeshuvan when they are built. And what's good about them is Shemakrivim Ben Karbanis Lachaper Lechem. That you bring Karbanis in them in order to atone for yourselves. And how about Mishkanei Secha? So Rashi explains. Even when they are destroyed, because they are security for you. What's good about them then is that their destruction is an atonement for the souls. As it says in the Pasuk, Hashem vented and spent his fury. And then what did he spend it and end it? It's by lighting a fire in Tzien, which is the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. And there are nine questions here. The first question is, on Rashi's explanation of the word Mishkin Secha, that it means Chani Secha, your encampments, the question is, why doesn't Rashi explain Mishkin Secha literally? That it's the plural of Mishkan, which is a dwelling, not an encampment. And especially since we don't find anywhere that the singular of Chaniyas, of encampments, would be Mishkan. That the word dwelling is used for that, but rather we say Chanais. So if that's the case, that we don't find that the word Mishkan Esecha or Mishkan refers to Chaniyas or to Chanais, so then why doesn't Rashi just explain it literally that Mishkan Secha means your dwellings and not your encampments? The second question is, from the reading of the Pasuk, it's understood that when it says Matayvu, it refers both to Ayalecha Yaakov as well as to Mishkan Secha Yisrael. And so the question is, when it comes to Oyalecha Yaakov, the Rashi explains to us what was good about Oyalecha Yaakov, that the openings weren't directly across from one another. And the question is, what's good about the Chaniyas of Yidin, the encampments of Yidin? That Rashi doesn't tell us. So what's good about that? The third question is, it's known the rule when it comes to the teachings of Rashi and the Torah, like we said many times, that when Rashi brings two or more explanations about a certain matter, the reason is 
because each one of the explanations has a difficulty that the other one doesn't have. And so the question over here is, what are the difficulties in each pirush, in each explanation of Rashi? And as we'll see later in the Sikha, we also have to explain how the difficulty in the second pirush is greater than the difficulty in the first pirush, and that's why it comes second, because it's not as good of an explanation. The fourth question is, and from this question and on, all the questions will be on the second explanation of Rashi. So questions one and two were on the first explanation. Question three was on the need for two explanations. And question four and on are questions on the second explanation. So the fourth question is, in Rashi's second explanation, he starts off and says, Dover Acher, and then he quotes from the Pasuk, Matevu Oyhalecha. And he doesn't just do what he typically does, which is to say, Dover Acher, Matevu Ayel Shilei, which is go straight into the explanation. And so the question is, why does Rashi quote the words Matevu Eilecha a second time at the beginning of his second explanation? The fifth question is that in the second explanation, Rashi mentions Ayel Shilei and the Beis Lamim, and he doesn't mention the Ayel Mayad that they actually had at that time. The sixth question is, Regarding the toiv in oil shilei in the Beisei Lamim, so Rashi explains that the toiv is shemakrivim behen karbonis, that we bring karbonis in them. And the question is that l'cha'ira, Rashi should have said the main toiv that there is in oil shilei in the Beisei Lamim, the way it's written clearly in the Pasuk, which is that meaning that there are places for Ashras HaShchina. So Rashi should have said that that's the toiv of the seventh question is, why is it important for the understanding of the Pasuk to mention that the Karbonis are L'chapar Aleichem? Why doesn't Rashi just say that the Toiv of Oil Shuli and the Beis Elamim is Shemakrivim Ben Karbonis? Why does Rashi have to add that the Karbonis are L'chapar Aleichem? And also regarding the destruction of the Beis Mikdash, why is it important to mention that the destruction of the Beis Mikdash, when it's in the form of a mashkin, a security, it's kapara ala nefashis. Why does Rashi have to mention these two things of lechaper aleichem and the kapara ala nefashis? And on the other hand, if for the understanding of the mishkin being called a mishkin because it's related to the idea of a mashkin, to a security, when it's in the state of destruction, if for understanding that idea, it's important to know that at that time when the Mishkan or the Beis Mikdash is destroyed, it's a mashkin, it's a security. If it's important for that concept to mention that at that point in time it's a kapara alan of so how come Rashi doesn't mention this idea at the beginning of Parshas Pekudai? That over there Rashi quotes the words from the Pasuk HaMishkan Mishkan, and he says it's written twice because it hints to the Beis Mikdash that was turned into a security by the two times that it was destroyed for the sins of the Yidin. And Rashi doesn't mention over there that it is a kapara alanofashis, that it's an atonement for the souls. So if it is important, Hakam Rashi doesn't say it also in Parshas Pekudai. The eighth question is, what's the meaning of being a kapara alanofashis, an atonement for the souls, which is a very unusual lushan to be used? So what does it even mean? And the ninth question is, since Rashi obviously purposefully says that it's kapara ala nefashis, that the Beis Mikdash, when it's destroyed, it's a kapara ala nefashis, 
So the question is, what's the proof for this that Rashi brings that it's a kapara ala nefashis from the pasuk of kila Hashem as Hamasai? How does that prove to us that the base of Mikdash, when it's destroyed, is a kapara ala nefashis? Now we're going to move on to the key of the Sikha. And the key of the Sikha is to see the Pasuk of Matevo Elecha Yaakov, Mishkan Yisrach Yisrael, in the context of the other Pasukim that come before it. And once we see our Pasuk in the context of the Pasukim that come before it, then we'll answer all the questions that we had on Rashi. So the explanation of all of this is as follows. In the introduction to our Pasuk of Matevo Gamer, on the words of Vayisa Bilamus Eino Vayar Es Yisrael Sheichen Leshvatov. So Rashi explains what does Sheichen Leshvatov mean. It means that Ra called Shevet Veshevet Sheichen Laatzmai Veeinon Meiravin. He saw that each Shevet camped for itself and they weren't mixed together. And Rashi continues, Ra Shein Pischeim Mechuvanim Zeken Neged Zeh. He saw that their tents were not set up in such a way that the openings were directly across from one another. So that one person shouldn't see into the tent of his fellow. Now, what causes Rashi to explain Sheikh Lishvatav in this way? What causes Rashi to explain it this way is the simple meaning of Ayar Sisral Sheikh Lishvatav is that Bilam saw something unique, a very special and good anhaga, good conduct of the Yidin. Because the reason we have to say this is because this seeing of Vayar is Yisrael Sheikh Nishvatov caused the next words in the Pasuk that Vatihi Allah Vruch Alakim and Rashi explains what does it mean Vatihi Allah Vruch Alakim? It means Allah Beliba Shalayakalim. It came up in his heart not to curse the Yidin. So it must be that he saw something unique that made him feel that he didn't want to curse the Yidin. Now this conduct we see in the Pasuk was seen in the way the Yidin were Shaykhin, because Vayar is Yisrael Shaykhin Lishvatov. And therefore Rashi explains, what did he see? He saw that each Shevet camped for itself and they didn't mix together, which shows and reflects how the Yidin were extremely careful in regards to Yuchsin, to where they belonged. They knew which family each person belonged to. They knew which each shave it where each person belonged to. And so this was a matter, as we'll see, related to Tznias, that they knew exactly which family they're from, which shave it they're from, and so they knew who they were marrying, and there wasn't a, a situation of inappropriate mixing. And this Yuchsen, Rashi tells us in Parshas Bamidbar, was through Heviyu Sifre Yuchusein, the They had documentation and they had witnesses in order to know and prove and show which shevet they belong to, which all of this shows and reflects the greatness of Yidin in regards to Tznias. And since Bilam saw this great quality, he was very impressed to the extent that the Pasuk says that Vatihi Allah Vruch which Rashi says means Allah Belibi Shalei So that's how we understand that earlier part of the Pasuk. However, Rashi says an additional thing. He says that also Rashi Pischeim Mechuvanim so the reason Rashi says this is because, however, according to what we just said, it should have said in the Pasuk, Vayar Sisrael Sheikhen Lishvatim, not Lishvatov, because Shvatim indicates that the Shvatim weren't mixed together. And since it says in the Pasuk Lishvatov, so this proves that Bilam saw another great quality in Yidin that's reflected in Lishvatov, that within each Shevet it was recognizable that it's a Shevet of Yidin. And Rashi explains what did Bilam see within each Shevet, that Bilam also saw, in addition to how the Yidin camped separately, each Shevet for itself, 
he also saw he saw that their openings of their tents weren't directly across from one another so that one person shouldn't see into the tent of his fellow and it's understood that also this quality caused that which is that it came up in his heart not to curse the Eden because of this quality as well and fitting with this introduction, once we have this background, so Rashi explains the continuation of the Psukim, that when Bilam then went on to speak good about the Yidim, so Bilam explains after his opening, the beginning we see, it says in the Pasuk, and as a result of what he saw, it came up in his heart not to curse them, and then it says in the Pasuk, that Bilam began talking. So he's saying an introduction of who's speaking. And then right away he said at the beginning of his actual talking, So after his opening of Nuum Bilam Bnei until so Bilam explains the reason that he isn't cursing them. Because of these two good qualities of Yidin. Number one, Matevu Elacha Yaakov, because of the way the tents stand, and Mishkan Yisach Yisrael, the way the Shvatim camped. And that's why Bilam said, Matevu Gaimer, which when we look at it simply, it isn't the wording of a bracha, he's not giving them a bracha, and he's not either saying an avua, but rather it's an expression of being inspired by the good things that he saw which is the reason he isn't cursing the Yidin. And not only is he not cursing them, he's actually speaking of their praise and giving them a bracha. And based on this understanding of our Pasuk, we're going to see how it's going to lead into answering all of the questions on Rashi. And this key to the Sikha leads into answering all the questions, and we're going to begin by answering questions number one and two, which were both questions on the first explanation of Rashi. The first question was, how come Rashi explains Mishkinei Secha to mean Chaniyei Secha, your encampments, and not to mean your dwellings, which is the more simple translation of a Mishkin. And question number two was, Rashi doesn't say what's good about the Chaniyis of the Yidin, about the encampments. Rashi doesn't say what's good about it, so what is it that's good about them? Based on everything we said, that this Pasuk comes in continuation and in the context of the earlier Pasuk of Ayisa Bilamus Einov, Vayaris Yisrael, Sheikh and Lishvatov, the two things that Rashi says that he saw. So this is why Rashi explains over here that Matevu Ilacha is Al Shara Pischem, Sheinim Echovanim Zemulzeh. Matevu Ilacha refers to this that he saw that the openings of the tents weren't directly across from one another. And Mishkan Yisacha means Chani Yisacha, and not like the regular meaning of Mishkan. And dira, that Mishkan would mean a dwelling, a dira, a place of living. Because it's the second good quality that Bilam saw. That kol shevet v'shevet sheichem la'atzmai. That each shevet is for itself. Bilam saw two things. So matevo ilacha is one of the good things that he saw. That the openings of the tents weren't directly across from one another. And Mishkan has to be the second good thing that he saw. Which is that kol shevet v'shevet sheichem la'atzmai. That each shevet was camped and living by itself, separate from the other Shevet, from the other Shvatim. And so Rashi explains it this way, so that it should fit with what's said earlier. And since this isn't a regular explanation of Mishkan Esacha, which usually means a dwelling, a Mishkan, a Dira, so therefore Rashi adds, Kitar Gumay, that the Targum says, over here on Mishkan Esacha, he says, Meshrach, 
which is the Targum of Chania in several places. So we see that Mishkan Yisecha can mean Chania Yisecha, because the Targum says Mishkan Yisecha Meshrach, and Meshrach is the Targum of the word Chania. So Mishkan Yisecha over here can mean Chania Yisecha, and Rashi brings that proof from the Targum. And the reason is because our Pasuk comes in continuation to that earlier Pasuk of what Bilam saw, and here Bilam's giving the reason that he's going to give the Yidden a Bracha and not a Klala. So he's giving the reasons, it has to fit with the reasons that Rashi said earlier that caused Bilam not to want to curse the Yidden. Now we're going to move on to answer part of question three. Question three was what are the difficulties in each explanation of Rashi that therefore Rashi has to bring two explanations. So now we're going to point out the difficulties in the first explanation of Rashi. However, there are difficulties with this explanation of Rashi. Number one, we don't find anywhere else that Mishkan means Chania. So this is out of the ordinary that we're translating Mishkan Yisecha to mean Chani Yisecha. Number two, the camping of the Shvatim is more general. The way they camped is more general and also comes first in time. First they camp separately, so that's more general and it's earlier in time to the detail of the tents of each Shevet, that the openings weren't across from one another. So the general thing is that they camped separately, each Shevet for itself, and then a detail is within each camping of each individual shavit, the doors weren't, the openings weren't directly across from one another. So that should be the order in the Pasuk, but here it's reversed. First it says, which refers to the openings of the tents, and then it says, which is their encampments. To add to this, the third difficulty is, this point that each shavit's for itself and they're not mixed, is the main point and is much greater that idea of Tzniyas, that each Shevet's for itself, and people knew which family and which Shevet they belonged to, and therefore, when it came to the marriages, they knew that they were marrying in an appropriate way, so it's much greater, and it's the main point, as opposed to that She'ein Peschei Mechuvanim Zeh which is secondary. It's a much more minor degree and idea in Tzniyas, to avoid looking into another tent, and so it should be first. And in the Pasuk, it speaks about Ayalecha, that the tents, the openings weren't across from one another, and only afterwards it talks about Mishkin And number four, according to this, so then Mataivu Gamer isn't an Avua. It's just a reason that Bilam is giving. And if that's the case, it should therefore be before the Pasuk of Neum Shemea Imre Kel Gamer. When we see what it says over here, in the Psukim, it says, Right there, it should have said, And only afterwards, it should say, Which means he's going to start saying a Nevoah. This is not a Nevoah. Is the reason he's not going to curse the Eden, and he's going to give them a Bracha. So then it should be written before Bilam said that he's going to say the words, of a nevuah, even though we could say that the reason it's written afterwards, this is mentioned, the way to answer this question, the reason Mateva is written afterwards is because he wants to finish the introduction. He said, Vayemar, Bilam said, Nu'um Bilam b'nei ba'ar, or Nu'um ha'gever So he continued, Nu'um shemeh imrekel. So it's possible to answer that, but still it would have been better for the Pasuk Mateva Elecha Yaakov to be written before Bilam says that he's going to say a nevuah. Now we're going to move on to answer questions 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9, which are the remaining questions. And the only thing we still have to get to is the other part of question 3 to explain what's the difficulty in the second explanation. 
So let's go straight into answering all those other questions. So therefore, because of these difficulties with the first explanation, so Rashi presents a second explanation and such an explanation that refers to an avua of the future. Because that's the difficulty, that it should be an avua, because it's said it's said in by Bilam after Bilam said Nuum Shemea Imrekel. So Rashi says it's an avua of the future. So that already answers question number five. Why doesn't Rashi say that it refers when it says Ayalacha refers to the oil maid which they actually had, because this is an avua of the future. And what is it? Matevu Oil Shilai Ubeselomin Bishuvan. Matevu Elacha refers to Oil Shilai and the Beselomin when they are built. Because it's understood very simply that there is something especially good in the Mikdashais. So it fits with Matevu. And since it says the Lashon of Oil, so this indicates that it's referring to Oil Shilai. And since it says Oil Lech on the plural, it indicates that it also includes another thing that is similar to Oil Shilai. And that is the Beis Elamim, the Beis Mikdash. And Mishkan Esecha Yisrael also refers to the Mikdashais, and it's referring to them when they are destroyed, and that's why they are referred to as Mishkan Esecha, as in a Mashkin, a security which is taken. And even though it's self-understood what's good in Oyel Shuli in the Beis Elamim, like we said, it's the Veshachanti Beseichim, there's obviously something very good in Oyel Shuli in Beis Elamim, but nevertheless, and here we're going to answer questions Number six, seven, and eight, which is why does Rashi not just say the Toiv is the Vishachanti Besechem, and why does Rashi say after Makrivim Karbonas, he says, Lechaper Aleichem, and how come he says about the Mashkin that it's Kaparal and Afashis, and what's the meaning of Kaparal and Afashis? So even though it's self understood what's good in the Ayel Shila in the Beis Elamim, nevertheless, we explained earlier that this Pasuk, which begins with Ma it's a sort of a reason for why Bilam isn't cursing the Yidin. And that we're going to say also according to this explanation. And therefore Rashi adds, Shema ben Karbanas, and also Vichorbanam Karpara Alanafashas, because that's an explanation for why Bilam is not cursing the Yidin. Why is that an explanation? So the explanation for this is, the preparation of Bilam this time when he came to curse the Yidin was like it says in the Pasuk we had earlier all the Pesukim it says Bilam Hashem Yisrael. so it says and as Rashi explains Bilam said Asker I'm going to mention their sins and then the curse for mentioning their sins is going to take effect and therefore afterwards when Bilam gave the Yidin a bracha he had to explain that the curse wouldn't be able to take effect because of the Yidin sins. And that's why we must say that the greatness of Ayalacha is Shemakrivim Bem Karbanas Lechapar Aleichem. That's why Ashi chooses to say Shemakrivim Bem Karbanas and not that Hashem is there. And that's why he also adds Lechapar Aleichem because it's about a Kapara for the Yidin's Averis and therefore the Averis cannot harm the Yidin. However, this still isn't enough. Why? Because this is only when the Basin Mikdash exists and not when the base of Mikdash is not around. And even then, the Karbanas only atone either for a Shaygig Be'isr Karas, specifically a Shaygig by Isr Karas, or a Mezid, but then only Be'isr Asay, and, and also some various Lavin. But it's not a Kapara for a Mezid Be'isr Karas, and a Mezid by Isr, which has Mrs. Bezdin. And so the curse can take effect for those Averis. So how is this an explanation for why he can curse them. He could curse them for those of theirs. Therefore, Rashi adds, which this fits with Rashi's pirush about 
the 250 people by Machlekes Kairach, he says, says Rashi, what's The Nafshesim refers that they went against Hashem, which is the greatest Pshia. And we're saying that the Churban on the Churban of the base of Mikdash is a Kapara even for the most terrible thing. And so therefore, even though the the Karbanas don't bring a kapara for Mezid, Be'isr, Karas, or Mrs. Bezdin, but the Chorban of the Beis Mikdash does. Another explanation for the word Chorban and Kapara al Hanefashes, we can also say that Rashi's intent of Hanefashes in the plural is that it's a kapara for Nefashes, for the Nefesh Kisechta Bishkaga, for the Nefesh that doesn't have error by mistake, and for the Nefesh Ashatasa Biyad Rama, the Nefesh that does it on purpose. The Chorban's a kapara both for Shayig and also for Mezid. So this answers questions number six, seven, and eight. Why Rashi doesn't say Vishachanti Vasechem, but rather he says that they bring Karbanas. Why Rashi adds Lachapar Alechem and Kapara Al Hanafashes? Because that relates that to the to going against Bilam's intent, that he's going to mention the Averis, so he's saying that there's a Kapara, and that's why he says Kapara al Hanafashis, because that brings out that the Kapara is complete. And now we're going to move on to answer question number nine about how is the Pasuk of Kila Hashem is Chamasai a proof for Kapara al Hanafashis? And Rashi brings a proof that Khurbanam are a Kapara al Hanafashis from Kila Hashem is Chamasai. That through Vayatzas Eish B'Tzin, through making a fire in Tzin, destroying the base of Mikdash, the destruction of the base of Mikdash, the anger of Hashem, which, what's the anger of Hashem that's caused by the sins of the Yidin, was completely spent. It says, Kil Hashem Hashem's Hashem's anger was spent. This anger came from the Yidin's Averis, and that anger was spent. So we see that it's completely gone, because if it's not completely gone, then you can't say Kila. So we see that through the destruction of the base of Mikdash, all the sins of the Yidin were forgiven. Because if they weren't all forgiven, then it wouldn't be Kila Hashem Eschamasai, that the anger of Hashem that comes through Averis is spent. It's not spent because it's not fully forgiven. It must be that it is fully forgiven. So that's why this is a proof to bring out that there's complete forgiveness, f- complete forgiveness, which is the idea of Chorbanan Ala Kapara Ala Nefashis, which we said Nefashis means the worst of Averis, that everything, even the worst ones, are forgiven. Now we're going to move on to answer question number four, which was, why does Rashi quote at the beginning of his second explanation? He says, Davar Acher, Why does he say the words, And then he says, he goes into the explanation. Why does he quote the words, again from the Pasuk? And according to this, it's understood that Rashi repeats the words, It's in order to emphasize that these words of Bilam are a reason for why Bilam was unable to curse the Yidin. And that's what forces the explanation that the good of Ayalecha and Mishkinisecha is Shemakrivim ben Karbanis Lachapar Alechem, and also that Karban on Kapara Al Anafashis. So Rashi quotes the words Matevu Ayalecha again in order to emphasize we have these words Matevu Ayalecha, which indicate that he's giving a reason here. And since he's giving a reason, so he must give a reason that's going to address what his original intention was to use the Yidin Zaveris as the way to bring about a curse. So therefore, since Matevu, the wording of Matei V'alecha expresses that he's explaining why he's giving them the bracha. It's a reason why he's able to give it to them. And the curse is not going to take effect. So therefore, that's why Rashi has to explain that the oil Shilai and the Besamikdash and their Churban are related to a Kapara and therefore there can't be a curse. And now we're going to move on to answering something we asked in question 7. How come Rashi doesn't say about the kapara in 
Parshas Pekudei, and according to this, it's also understood that this explanation doesn't belong in Parshas Pekudei, because the Pasuk is over there is only coming to hint to the two Mikdashahis, that they exist. And it's not relevant to explain their greatness. That has nothing to do with the Pesukim over there. Whereas over here, it's directly related to their greatness, because it's their greatness that is the reason that the curse can take effect. Now we're going to move on to answer the other part of question 3, which is, what is the difficulty in the second explanation? And not only does it also have a difficulty, in what way is the difficulty in the second explanation greater than the difficulty in the first explanation, which as a result, it's brought as the second explanation, and not the first and better explanation. So however, also according to this explanation, it's also difficult. And there are two difficulties. Number one, it's difficult to say that the Beis Lamim, which is permanent, should be referred to as a oil, which is temporary. Because we're saying that when it says Matevu, Yaakov, it refers to the Mishkan Shiloi and the Beis Lamim. So the word Ayalecha, or oil, is being used to refer to Beis Lamim, which doesn't fit. And number two, the second difficulty is it's explained in the Sikhan Chilkir Alf about the teaching of Rashi in Parshas Pukudei that the reason Rashi doesn't say that Hamishkan Mishkan two times refers to Mishkan Shili and the Beis Mikdash, but rather it refers to the two Mikdashes. Why does Rashi say he refers to the two Mikdashes and not to Mishkan Shili and the Beis Mikdash? It's because Mishkan Shili cannot be called a Mashkan. A Mashkan is something which is being taken away and will be returned. So we could say that about the two Bate Mikdash, but we cannot say that about Mishkan Shili that it was taken away and will be returned. And so therefore, it's a problem over here as well to say that when it says Mishkan Esecha and it means a Mashkan, it refers to the to the time of the destruction of Mishkan Shili, that Mishkan Shili is being called a Mashkan. And so, therefore, because of these difficulties, Rashi also needs the first explanation, and even more so. It's actually the better of the two explanations, and is closer to Pshut HaShemikra, and that's why it comes first. In what way is it is the first explanation better? Because according to the first explanation, the main difficulties we mentioned is in regards to the order of the Pasuk, that the Pasuk is not in a good order, that it speaks about Ayalecha before Mishkan Yisecha. It talks about the Ayalim not being, the openings of the Ayalim not being directly across from one another before talking about the way the Shvatim camped. So the order is not good. And we can say, like we often say, just turn the Pasuk around. Whereas according to the second explanation, the difficulty is in the content of the explanation of the Pasuk. That we're saying that the word oil refers to Beis Lamim. And we're saying the word Mishkan Yisecha, which is Mashkin, refers to Mishkan Shili. And because the difficulties on the second explanation are greater, therefore Rashi also brings the first explanation, and he brings the first explanation first. The Hira from this teaching of Rashi is, from the teaching of Rashi, we see how great and important Sneas is. That even the detail of She'im Pischem Echuvanim, that the openings of their tents weren't directly across from one another, which seems not to be such a fundamental aspect of Sneas, since it's only in order, that a person shouldn't see inside the tent of their fellow. Even that detail has the power to affect that even Bilam Arasha, it came up in his heart not to curse the Yidin because of this, to the extent that he gave the Yidin a bracha. The error from this is a person shouldn't say that they will be careful by a great and major aspect of Tznias, like for example, that each person knows their family that they belong to. But there's no need to be so careful by a light aspect of Tznias. A person must know that also this detail is a major aspect of Tznias, to the extent that it has the power to transform every negative matter from one extreme to the other extreme. 
And still the Yitzhar can say, when is this the case? Only regards to something permanent. But when it's something temporary, so then it's not necessary to be so careful with Sneas. And also in the lighter aspects, a person has to be careful with Sneas in general, and also a person doesn't have to be careful in the lighter aspects, like with the more severe aspects. So here too is the Eirah. That it was It was even when they were in their tents, which is a temporary dwelling. And here there's a there's a ha'ara, a footnote in the sicha, where the footnote, usually the text in the footnote is smaller than the text in the sicha. Here the footnote, the text in the footnote is even bigger than the text in the sicha, and it's 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 bold. Where the Rebbe mentions that he, now is the place to emphasize and point out regarding something which is relevant to the time, because it it's summertime, about those that are lenient about a number of matters of tznius in the summer, and especially when they find themselves in a temporary place outside of the city, and among them there are those who say, Echt v'ashuv, I'll sin, and then I'll do tshuva. And you, the play on the words is, Echt I'll sin v'ashuv, and I'll do tshuva, kasher ashuv ira when I come back to the city. And the Rebbe points out that this is relevant for the conduct of men as well, and it's especially for women, because each and every woman, they are the Akaras Abayis, they're the foundation of the home. And the Rebbe concludes the Ve'ish Laharach, is what to speak more about it, Ve'in Kamakaymeh. And the Sikha concludes, and on the other hand, when the conduct isn't a matter of Matayv Olecha Yaakim Mishkin Yisrael, then it's, like it says in Chumash Dvarim, V'lei Ova Hashem Alekecha L'Shmoyel Bilom V'yafach Hashem Alekecha L'Chogamer That Hashem did not want to listen to Bilom and Hashem changed the curse into a bracha. And like Rashi says on the next Pasuk here, that Hoya Belibay Chulu Bilom had in mind to curse the Yedin. Chushahafach HaMokim V'spiv Bircham Chulu When Hashem switched it, He gave them a bracha. So this is to the prophecy of what we have, Matev Yaakov, which we said refers to the Mishkan Atev B'Shlemus, having the Mishkan in its completion, in its wholeness, that Hashem will return the Mashkan, which is the Beis Lamin. that when we say a Mashkan, it indicates that even when it's destroyed, it still exists. And when the Kapara is complete, so this Mashkan will come down and be revealed, and it'll be La'ad Ula'il Me'elamim forever and ever.